Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded tourist, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle is a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together, we'll feel inspired. We may learn something new. We'll learn to trust in spirit. And don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay. Today we're going to be talking about my, what I call it, my second spiritual awakening. I talk about the urge that I had to learn more. I talk about diving into a little bit of my pre-birth planning before coming into this lifetime. I go into my past lives, my incarnations. I talk about being a bird, my life as a dog, my life as a baby, and then a mother's stomach. I even had past life being a tree. I also talk a little bit about spirit guides. Also the types of things that you, I was doing on the other side in heaven, which I call heaven. I dive into why I call earth, earth school, and why I believe that we are here. And also just, I dive into a little bit of how time doesn't exist on the other side, like it does here. If you hear me referring to they, or I was told, or them, I'm referring to the guides and the masters and the teachers on the other side. And I noticed that I said, they told me, or I was told, and that's what I mean. What I call them would be masters, teachers, ascended guides, just so you have a little bit of context of who I'm referring to. So I've been trying to like go back in time and remember, like what was the year? What were the dates of all of these things that came up for me? It would be 2020 at this point. So I have a cleaning business and back in 2020, it was still close to like the beginning stages of my business. So I was doing a lot of the cleaning myself and I was working alone at that time and I would just listen to audiobooks all day long, like for eight hours. So I I went through books really quickly and I was just constantly learning and constantly growing and it was really good for, for myself. I was listening to a lot of Tony Robbins and Ed Milet, and I was just like being really encouraged and I'm learning as I'm building this business and I was just consuming so much information. Back in 2018 or 2019, I, I started getting familiar with this aura reader. Her name is Mystic Michaela. She's a celebrity aura reader. So she reads like your aura and she tells you what colors you are and then she'll tell you um, and then she basically just does a reading for you, but I was in love with her. I'd follow her. She had a podcast, but not until a little bit later, but I joined her Facebook group. Somebody recommended this book and it was called, it's called Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz. At that point, I was like, I need all the books I can. I was just, I had this energy inside me where I just wanted to read, learn everything. And I was especially drawn to spirituality. So as I was taking every single book recommendation and I was writing it down, I was buying the audiobooks and I would be consuming so much information because I felt like Mystic Michaela was the only person that I followed that wasn't a spirituality. I didn't know it. I didn't know anybody else. 
So I got all my information from her, but at that point I was like, this is not enough information. Like she's putting out one episode a week for her podcast. And I just could not wait for the next episode once I finished the first episode. And there was just so much time in between. There was something inside me where I'm like, I need to fill this space with knowledge. I need to fill this space with other areas and people that I'm learning from, but I didn't know where to go. So the soul's plan, this book changed my life, Spiritual Awakening. It's my favorite book to this day. If you haven't read it, read it. It's so good. It's really long. I think the audiobook is like eight hours. I just looked at my clock and it's two, two, two. I love that. So many twos lately. But yeah, this little, it's a long book, but it's worth it. And okay, so I will explain a little bit of the day that I had this spiritual awakening. So as you, you know, you know that state that you're in when you're cleaning your house and it's you're almost like an autopilot and you don't have to think too much about what you're doing because it's just cleaning and it kind of comes natural. So I was just cleaning a house. Nobody was home. It was just an empty place. And I'm at this house for like six hours. It's a pretty big house to do on my own. So I was like constantly listening to this book. I almost finished this book in one day. As I was listening to this book, they were talking about pre-birth planning. And this book is all about a lot of the things that happened in our life was pre-planned before we came here. The book was going into just that concept. Like as soon as it first clicked of my spiritual awakening was when they were talking about the pre-birth planning and they didn't even get dive into it yet. What started happening for me as I'm cleaning this house and I'm listening to this audiobook, oh, I just got tingles all over my crown chakra. Okay. Definitely feel my angels are here. So I was cleaning this house and this book, as I'm listening it to an audible, I start seeing things and it's not with my physical eye, it's with my mind's eye. As if like, if somebody told you to imagine a red car, you would automatically picture a red car in your head. It's like, you don't need to be looking at the car to know that that's a red, to picture a red car. So it's almost like when I'm seeing things, it's like you're seeing it with your mind's eye as if you're imagining a red car rather than having it right in front of you. So I started seeing all these scenes of myself in this place, and I call it heaven, the afterlife. I started seeing myself talking to people, talking to different masters and guides. And sometimes I wouldn't be able to see the person I'm talking to, but I can hear them. I can hear them or I see like an outline of them. Like I can't really see their face too well, but I see them like standing there and I know that I'm talking to somebody. It's it's a weird thing to describe. As I'm listening to this book, I'm like, where are all these? What, what, what is this? What is what is all this stuff that I'm seeing? And I was like, I didn't know it was my my pre-birth planning that I was seeing at first. And then the information just kept coming. And I was remembering like conversations. I was just being taken on like, I don't know what you would call it, like a whirlwind. Like I was getting information, but it wasn't necessarily like in the right order. It was kind of scattered. I would get information about something and then I would get something like a sooner memory. I started to remember a lot of things <laughs> The best way I can describe it is that feeling when you wake up in the morning after going out with your friends and drinking a lot of alcohol. And that morning when you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what did we do last night? How do we get home? Um, wait, which bar did we go to after the first or second bar? And it's like that feeling when you wake up, you're like, I don't remember. But 
as you start talking to your friends, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I remember we did go to that place. Oh yeah. And, and then I saw my friend, Katie, she was there too. As you're having these conversations with your people around you, like your memory starts to come back and you can see it again and you re- start to remember. This was the exact same feeling, but completely sober, different situation, but the same feeling of forgetting something and then remembering it. And then it's like, you can picture it again. Like, yeah, like you literally start to picture what the place looked like and where we, where you were and who you saw and what how they were dressed and what their hair was like. It was like that for me. And I was just mind blown. I, I think I started taking notes down on my phone and I was like, I don't want to forget this. I don't want to forget this. It was crazy. It was like once the door opened, it just flooded through. And the more that I listened to this audiobook, different doors were opening and I was literally being taken on like a, a freaking spiritual awakening journey as I'm like cleaning this house. Like I remember exactly what house I was at. I remember nobody was home. I remember I remember what floor I was cleaning the house on as this was all going down. Like I could picture that in my mind's eye of which bedroom I was cleaning when I was really like holy F. I'm just thinking about it now. I'm just like, wow. That was like three years ago. It's cool to see. I guess it's cool to see like now I'm here. But back then, as I'm thinking about that before all of this, before I started doing anything that I'm doing right now, it's like, wow, if only that girl knew what she would be doing one day or where she, how far she would be going into her spirituality and helping other people and mentoring others. Wow. I just want to take a second there to really feel that because at that time I, I did not know what I was what was I going to do with this information like why was I being shown this information um why am I supposed to be remembering right because we come into this world and we go through like a forgetfulness veil where we just forget everything about our past lives that way we can go into this lifetime with like a clean slate and no baggage, no emotions, no self-doubt, like no memory of anything we've been through in the past, because that would just affect us in this lifetime and even hold us back in some ways. So I also wonder, what am I supposed to do with this information? You know what I mean? And um, who can I tell? (laughs) Because this is crazy. Like, how do I explain this to somebody and have them not look at me like I have two heads? Um, because I'm very spiritual, but I'm very grounded. Um, I'm not like super, super woo woo. Like, I don't know if you, if you just talking to me and you might not even know that I'm, I do this kind of work and who I really wanted to tell. Actually, I kept it a secret for a really long time. I didn't really tell anybody. I think I just wrote, wrote it down in my notes somewhere, but I can't, don't know where they are now. It was one of those things where I wanted to tell my partner because I tell him everything. It's just amazing because he's my, my my best friend. Still to this day, I actually, I downloaded the audiobook again and I really want my partner to read this book because I want him to read this book and then I will tell him all of my memories because I think it's going to create a different meaning to him. But if, if he doesn't really have any context to like kind of how this came about, he, he'll probably look at me like I have two heads. It's hard sometimes in the spiritual space because I feel like we get into our heads a lot and maybe there's different religions in the family which have, might have different opinions in you and it's like, well, I can't tell them and I, I don't want to open up to them there and sometimes you might not even be able to talk about religion or anything spiritual at all in front of somebody who's really religious. 
also a part of us probably thinks too that our people are just gonna look think that we're not we're not all there like something's wrong it's so powerful when you can find a community where everyone just makes you feel normal and they're on the same page as you and you can be totally open and something special about having a community and being open with people it's a beautiful thing and it's hard sometimes to find those people in your life so a few things that I was shown was the one of the first memories that came through was the pre-birth planning so I had some pre-birth planning I had some past lives I've had some memories of being animals I do remember how I died in my last lifetime but I also remember being like a spirit and visiting my family that I had as a spirit. So that is kind of crazy to wrap my head around. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't even know where to start because, like I said, the downloads that I got, it didn't really come in order. It's kind of been scattered everywhere. I'll try to remember from the beginning. So I remember the planning part. So I believe that that everything is planned before we get here. Um, I do believe in free will because this is just all of what I experienced in my memories and everything, but I do believe that we do have free will and I do believe that we have different pathways that life can take us, but I do believe that there's like one track that is not, is, is more like the right track, but I believe that we can be on the right track and then we can go off on the wrong track but then I believe that we can get back on the right track. So I definitely believe in when we get off the right track, it's almost like a little bit of a detour, but you end up getting to the same destination. Um, that's kind of the best way that I would explain it. But I do know that our guides are here and they're with us every day. And you do, you have been with this guide in many different lifetimes too. So I do believe that you get this, you have the same guide, but I believe that they are here with you every day. Since you're born, everybody gets their own specific guide and it's like their own little personal best friend. They are always watching out for you. Like their job is to keep you safe and alive. As a guide, they can see into the future. Like, I'm like, how do I explain this? Okay. They can see into the future. So say if you are potentially going to be getting close to get into a car accident happening on the highway, your guide can see that ahead of schedule. They will make sure that they prevent you from getting hurt or, you know, pass, passing away possibly because it's not time for you to pass. So guides do that. But I also believe that, you know, when they see into the future and they're like, you know, nothing's going to happen. Um, the person's just going to sleep for eight hours and they can see in the future, you know, nothing, nothing happens that they need to be there to keep you um, safe. So I believe that the guide comes back and forth, but I believe also that when they go back and forth, they are communicating with the other masters and teachers and angels I believe that it's like they are all teachers and then they come back and but he, your guide is like your personal assistant and for me my my guide is a male I got his name actually I had somebody like a famous artist draw me a picture of my guide because I don't know what he looks like but I can feel his energy and I do have like a female and a male side when I'm doing readings so I I can feel my guide come in or coming close to me. And that actually opened up after I did my master's, my Reiki master's. Um, I never felt my guide before that. It was just kind of like, I know you, I know he's there and I'll talk to my guide. For me, I actually, yeah, I feel him 
and he gives me, he comes up on my left side and when he's close to me, I could feel like my whole neck on the left side, just like vibrating, like really buzzing. That's when I know he's there. But also the thing about guides too, is that on the other side um, in heaven, I always say like the way that I was shown it, heaven, it was like school, like imagining you're in elementary school, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. And there's classes, there's like English, there's science. Honestly, a lot of the classes have to do with helping the earth, like growing trees and growing plants and crystals. I remember being like in a science class and we were like mixing kind of energy that we were mixing to make these crystals form in the earth. And I remember I was really bad at it. I was say for example I was trying to make like an amethyst crystal and it's supposed to be like one color one crystal but mine I would keep messing it up and it would turn into like three three different colors and it would it wouldn't form nicely I never been much of a school person um but I remember like I didn't like it I didn't like it like I'm not much of a science person and I'm, I'm really bad with that which was funny that I had such a hard time with that on the other side and in person with science and just classes and in school in general. But there's a lot to do. And there's a lot to do that you're helping the earth expand. I remember as well being in like a classroom and it was like a lot of bright lights and it really felt like I was in a school. Like it really gave me some feelings of in a high school or something. And I'm in, in different classrooms and we're, they're writing on the whiteboard and we're all making plans on what we want to do next time around. And for example, it felt like, so, you know, when you go to nursing school, you're in the school, you're learning, you're reading, you're on computers, you're doing all of that type of work, but you're learning about nursing. But then at the end of your course, they, they make you go into the hospital or the work field where you're actually applying everything that you learned but you're applying it in person and you're actively doing the thing now. So what it felt like on the other side is that we were in that classroom, we were learning, we were reading, we were just talking to the teachers and we're like in that part of it. And then the the reason why people want to go to earth is to actually take that information, what we've learned and apply it in earth school. So that is the best way that I can explain of how it felt. So I always call Earth Earth School. We're here to learn. We are here to remember love at the end of the day. I do remember there's a lot of planning that goes into this. Like going to Earth isn't something that you can just figure out in one day. Um, There's definitely no time over there because I feel like they don't, nobody sleeps over there. It's like you don't get tired, you don't get hungry. But it, their time doesn't. People always say that time doesn't exist, and it doesn't. And it's really weird to wrap your head around it because we're all humans in this lifetime. They'll give you like a little sheet of paper, like you are going to, for example, like you're going to have five kids, you're going to live in Vancouver, you're going to have a dog, you're going to go to film school, you're going to get sick with this, you're going to help people, blah blah blah. It was like I had this feeling on the other side where all the things that I wanted to happen. Like, oh, make good money, have a have my own house, be able to travel the world. All of that was on the piece of paper. So it was going to happen and they weren't worried about it not ha- happening fast enough because they knew it was going to come to me. But me as a human, 
I was like, but when is it going to happen? Can it happen faster and faster? And having something come in faster, they didn't understand that on the other side because it was almost like, what's the rush? Like, just relax. Like, it's going to happen. Like, everything was okay. It's going to happen. It's part of the plan. And at Earth School, we like to, we like a plan. We want to know that we're going to be financially okay. We want to know that we're going to have a house one day. We're good. We want to know when we're going to take that trip to Italy that we've always wanted to take. And it's like this time clicker where we're like, okay, we're only here on earth for this, this many years. I only have this much time with my family. Like time is everything here. (laughs) What time in the morning is it? But coming to earth school is a big deal. You do get many choices of what you want to incarnate as. And sorry, as you notice my voice, I just been editing out a lot of coughing. This is some throat chakra that stuff that's coming up. I cannot stop coughing. And when this happens, this actually often happens when I talk about these memories. I'll just stop, start coughing. Like I was in the car on the spirit retreat. I was driving my friend Amber back and she works in the Kashuk Records. So she was really interested in hearing all about the, my memories. And I, my eyes were watering. My eyes were crying. And I just started coughing out of nowhere and for like two, four minutes. It's something about like, this needs to release. I need to let this out for everybody else to hear. I was shown this information for a reason, but I am having like a reaction spiritually from this, from sharing and using my voice. I'm just trying to move my hands right now to move around the energy in my throat. I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm channeling some energy right now and my hands are moving really quickly. I'm just going to go with it. It almost feels like light language. <clears throat> I don't really don't know what I'm doing. <clears throat> you know how sometimes people with light language, they'll, they'll move their hand, they'll start moving their hands. And it's like your hands are just speaking, but it's really actually just like clearing out <clears throat> energy. I'm just going to grab a crystal and hold it to my throat. <clears> throat> wow, I've never had these hand movements. It looked like I knew what I was doing, but I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> like, it was just channeling. Oh, I had to take a break there, guys. <laughs> I had to take like, um, I thought I was just going to have to take a couple a couple minutes of a break, but um, I just got up. I had I had some nuts. I made some, made some avocado toast and I had a tea and my throat is feeling much better. Like, I really needed to take a break. That's a lot. I'm surprised. I'm just surprised sometimes about... The certain things that you talk about causes like a physical reaction in your body and the throat chakra is so powerful and just speaking things out is really like a powerful release that I, that you need to do. I need to do. That's why they say sometimes it's, it's good just to talk things out, let it out of your body. Otherwise your body kind of holds on to it. Wow. But yeah, I feel perfect now. I feel perfect. It's like it totally went away as I took that break. All right. So as I was saying that I did want to touch more on was like coming to earth is a huge deal. My memories have showed me that we have options of going to different dimensions, different planets, and we can incarnate as animals. We can actually sign up to be somebody's personal guide. We have all of these different options on how we can what we can experience for our soul to evolve. And 
at the end of the day, it's like your our souls want to evolve and we our souls want to experience everything. We want to experience being an animal. We want to experience being on different planets. We want to experience what it's like to be a human. We we want to go to earth school. We it's there's so many we learn from all of these ex- different experiences. So I do remember like having the choices literally like what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And I remember us ha- that we have full choice on what we want to experience. I remember being almost nervous to come to earth school because it's like, they'll give you these papers like, okay, if you want to go to this planet, these are all the things and potentials that are going to happen and that potentials that you're going to experience good and bad with earth school. That was the one was the hardest that people were like, wow. Like if you went to earth school, people were like congratulating you. Like, like that's not easy. It's and everybody had like almost like a different glow. Like if we went to Earth school before, say if we were human and then we're like, actually, I want to be a dog, and then maybe I'll be a human the next lifetime. I believe that you can go back and forth. And I remember that once you go to Earth, you have this like different glow about you, and people like look, they could see that that you're shining like a different color almost, and then that they know that you've gone to Earth before. And it's like it's one of those things where people that haven't gone to earth they're like wow like you went to earth like oh wow how was it like tell us everything it was like it's like going to earth school is like the main goal that we want to eventually work our way up to and I do remember being nervous coming into this lifetime of as a human and I know I've been a human before but I feel like we experience things that aren't always pretty so I remember experiencing things that I didn't like and it would worry me like I don't want to do that again like how can I make this experience much better and also just a couple of reincarnations that I remember I remember being I can't remember which one I was first but there's just a couple of memories I remember being a tree at one point and this has changed the way I look at trees now because I'm like wow they're they're living they're breathing they're breathing this oxygen in this air and but they just can't see us, but they can hear. So I I remember just like it's almost like I was in a forest. This sounds so funny, and I hope everybody is on the same page as me, but I remember being in a forest and there wasn't much people. There wasn't much people walking around. And it's just like the energies of the trees would like we would all be like communicating. It was interesting. We would get excited when a bird landed on our tree. It was like, oh, we have company. Yeah. And I also remember being a bird in the lifetime as well. Somebody asked me at the spirit retreat, they're like, how was it? How'd you like being a bird? And I said, (laughs) it was awesome to fly. Like that was the funnest, coolest thing. But it was a little bit boring because you would just fly and then you would go in a tree And then you would fly some more. And it was just like, I guess not boring, maybe peaceful. Like you don't have that many responsibilities if you want to compare a bird to a human. Um, Birds can only do so much. So it was different in that way where I was like, okay, it's a little bit boring. I want to experience more as a soul and keep evolving. But when people ask me now, like, oh, if you you believe in reincarnation, what would you want to reincarnate as? Like as an animal. And I always say a bird because I love flying and I'll have flying dreams all the time. I just start flapping my arms. Maybe this is why because of my past life as a bird. I don't know, (laughs) but I keep 
I'll be dreaming and I'll flap my hands, I'll flap my arms, and I literally start raising up like a bird and just start flying. So it's funny how I say I want to be a bird again. But when I was a bird, I was like, no, I want to be a human. <laughs> but I guess now that I've been a human, I've had I might have I have all this experience. Now I could go back to the peaceful bird life. Because now that I think about it, I'm like, it doesn't sound boring. It sounds peaceful. Like you get to hang out in nature and just no responsibilities. Isn't that nice? And then I remember being a dog. I remember with dogs. So the one of the differences between being a human and, and incarnating as an animal is that when you're a human, I remember getting having like four to five choices of who I wanted as my parent. I believe that we get to pick our parents in this lifetime. Yeah, I'll just explain a little bit because I remember having like four to five different choices and it was like a TV screen, like, okay, choice number one. And they show you how you're going to look too, like your body type, if you're going to be a little bit on the curvy side, if you're not, if you're not going to be on the curvy side, like they show you your body type, they show you what side of the, or which part of the world that you're going to live on. And they'll tell you about your parent. And how you will be in each situation. So if you ha- if you choose these parents, like for example, I had, I'm pretty sure it was Portugal was one option, but it was on that side of the world. And I remember I had one of the options, which was, I was debating between this option and then my dad that I picked in this lifetime. But this option in Portugal was, they were telling me about the weather, but they were telling me of my parents and how I would grow up. So that option, if I chose that option, I would have I would have came from a rich family. I wouldn't have to worry about money. I had everything taken care of. I didn't need to work. I didn't need a job. From the outskirts, you're like, that sounds really easy. That sounds very nice. Doesn't sound stressful, right? But after he, t- I was told all that information, but I also was told that deep, deep down, my soul wasn't going to be happy because I wasn't fulfilling myself. I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do and I wasn't helping people in any way. And and the feeling felt like no matter what I did, I wouldn't have been happy because on the outside, everything looks amazing and everything's taken care of. And I don't have to worry about money, but on the inside, it wasn't that feeling. It would I would have been not happy. I was like, oh, damn, I don't want to be going through life not happy. And then this lifetime where I chose my my parent, I remember one of the things they said was, that you're going to you're going to live somewhere where we have all four seasons. You're going to have a winter, you're going to have a summer, you're going to have a fall, and you're going to have a spring. And I remember I really liked that because I remember past lives of actually living in a place that was hot all year round and I was like I can't handle this. Like I need change. I wanted the seasons. So that was one of the reasons too why I wanted to stick with this plan. And I was told that I was going to be born in Halifax and but then we were going to move to Vancouver. So I was told that also And I also was told that I wouldn't come from a rich family, but my dad, like he wouldn't be really, really rich, like compared to the other option. He was able to give me the life that I wanted. Even though we weren't rich, I would be able to do all the things that I want to experience as a soul. I would be able to get, I would get to be able to travel. I would be able to get to go camping every summer. I would be able to get to go to all of these trips. I would be able to get to go to doing all these fun stuff like ATVing and sea doing and boating and 
I we honestly had like a, a, such a good childhood other than my mom passing away at seven. But I think that had something to do with it also, you know, like my dad, he just wanted to make us happy at the end of the day, like growing up without a mom is not easy. So I think he wanted to not to say give us everything we wanted, but he wanted us to he wanted to create a fun filled life for us. And he did a really good job of that. So now looking back, that's why I chose my parents. I th- I believe that even though I've had I have past lifetimes, I do believe that I'm still a younger soul. So I feel like I do have a lot to experience still. I know I'm not because I've been shown different like levels on the other side, like grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. So our our goal is to get to like grade 12 and then we are fully evolved as a soul and we don't need to reincarnate again. It's not like we need to reincarnate, but that's kind of the idea around it and how we can keep evolving. And But I do know I am on the younger side of side of things because of all the things that I want to still experience. Like in this lifetime, I love adrenaline. I love anything extreme. <laughs> Skydiving, I've done it. Um, traveling. I don't know if that's too extreme, but like, I'm very adventurous. Yeah. If there's a wakeboard and there's a boat and I don't know how to wakeboard, but I'm going to be don't, I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be trying my best. Like I have like no fear in the world. I definitely put my guides into overtime work with me. They're always saving my life. So it feels like, <laughs> so I find that fascinating that we, that such details are told to us ahead of time. And it's like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. And it really just feels like you're playing our own characters in a film, right? Like, what what is my character going to be? Is it going to be a police officer? Am I going to live in in the forest? Am I going to la-di-da-di-da? It's honestly, it's kind of cool. Like, I remember being a baby inside a pregnant woman's stomach. But I remember being told that I wasn't going to be born. I'm just there to experience. Okay, the coughing is coming up again. So I was told that I wasn't going to be born. I was only going to be in the belly for a short time. And the purpose for that was this was before I incarnated as a human because it was like the first step on kind of getting like a taste for earth school. The idea behind that was for me to, because in heaven, all there is is love. So it's like, you don't know what anything else feels like because you're only experiencing one emotion, which is love. They wanted me to experience love, but like on a different level, like on like a different experience because I'm in the belly and they wanted me to feel how much somebody could love me before they even see me or without me even being born. They really wanted me to feel that mother's love. And so my purpose for being in the belly was only for that purpose was to, for my soul to keep evolving, having different experiences, but really feeling a mother's love. Like another's the mother's love is so powerful. And I felt it. I remember, I remember feeling it. And I remember my mom singing to me and just like, I remember she loved me so much. And it was crazy because she couldn't see me. And it was almost just like she could, it was an energy connection. I could feel her energy and she could feel my energy and I could hear talking and I can hear the family around her. And I know it's hard for people that have lost children and they often wonder, what is their reasoning behind it? I'm definitely not, I know it's a touchy subject and I definitely am not saying it's this one way and that's the only way. I'm just kind of explaining of my interaction and what happened for me personally. 
Not saying that this is the same for everybody, but I do remember being told that my mom, she would have, she had a couple miscarriages. I think I was her third or fourth and I did feel bad and and I really didn't want her to have another miscarriage, but they did tell me that she was going to have, she was going, going to be able to have a baby, a baby after me. But I was sad. I was sad at the end that I let her go, you know, just to, because after feeling so much love, not wanting to leave her and I felt bad, a little bit, I felt bad. And then I believe after, after I was a baby in a belly, I chose to be a dog. And for a dog, I remember they were comparing, the masters were comparing, okay, if you incarnate as a human, these are all the potential feelings that are negative that you're going to feel. And I was, I'm not used to this negative energy because we don't feel that on the other side. So, but it was making me nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I've never felt like, for example, if, if, if one of the examples was stressed or depression or anxiety, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, just reading this off a piece of paper and not knowing what it feels like. And I was like, this sounds terrible. I don't want to experience all these feelings. There was good feelings too, but it was almost like 50 50 with the human of which good experiences and you can also feel bad experiences at the same time. For a dog, it was like nothing negative. It was like, oh, you're going to, there was no negative feelings that if I chose to be a dog that I would feel not stressed. But then now my human brain kind of gets in the way where it's like, you know, sometimes I'll notice that my dog is anxious or stressed out from another dog walking by. Um, So I don't really understand when that part comes in. But I remember the list and dog was like happy. You're going to be loving your owner. All you want to do is hang out with your owners. And it was just so much love. So I don't know if every situation would be different. But I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be a dog. This sounds way better. But I remember being a dog. You didn't pick your owner. You never picked your owner as when you were going to be a dog. But humans, you did pick your, your parents. So when it came to my being a dog... This is what kind of puzzles me to this day because I remember being a dog, but I remember my owner not being that nice. It goes back to that feel, that memory of like, oh, you're only going to experience really good feelings as an animal. But I remember not really lo- like, I remember like, okay, it's interesting because for, <clears throat> when I say my owner wasn't really nice, he didn't abuse me or anything. I guess I was expecting more love and more compassion from an owner, my owner going into that lifetime because I remember being like a big dog, but I didn't have a mirror. Like I I don't know exactly like what it looked like. I can just kind of see my, my arms and my legs as a dog, but I can't really see like what kind of dog I was, but I know I was a big dog and I know my owner had a truck because I remember just jumping up in the truck and it was like really high up. I would remember being in a kitchen. We had a really big kitchen and we had like a doggy gate and I was never allowed to roam the house. I was, I always had to stay in the gate. And I just feel like my owner just kind of like locked, would put the gate up and kind of forget about me all day. And he never liked to cuddle or snuggle or he wasn't lovey-dovey at all. It's almost like I didn't even know why he wanted me. Like, I didn't even know why he chose to buy, get a dog. That's how I felt. And I wasn't getting that love. One of these memories that stands out the most is that there's this friend of his, my owner's, that would come over like once a week. And he was the only person that would stop and look at me and come over and pet me. And I literally don't remember anybody else petting me or like loving me, showing me any attention. It was so cute. Like I remember as if I'm the dog now, but like he was across, 
pretty far on the other side of the kitchen. He'd be talking to my owner and then he would look over at me and I would just be staring at him. <laughs> and he would like be talking to the owner. Then he'd look back at me like two to three times. And then he walks over like across the whole, the whole kitchen and then he would start petting me. And I was like so happy. But like he took that time to to pet me and say hi. And honestly, like he was my favorite person. I'm like, I could not wait till he came over. But it felt like the owner was like, nah, forget about the dog. Like, don't don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to go over and pet it. It was just a weird energy for my owner. And then I remember being put down too, where I remember being taken taken to the hospital. And my owner was there in the same room. And I remember my eyes slowly shutting, my eyes slowly shutting. And I knew that was the time was over. But I didn't really, I never really feel like my owner liked me. And I, re- I didn't really feel like he was sad that I was being put down either. So that was my experience as, an, as a dog. And that's like all I remember. But I do remember being like at this one park and he would always yell at me. Like I feel like he, I was really well trained because I was scared of my owner. He would be very demanding and would yell at me and I'd, I'd be off leash. Like I guess I was well trained, but yeah, it was interesting. But I remember being in the truck a lot. <clears throat> and then being incarnated into a human. <laughs> I'm like, this is so crazy that I can just be like, oh, that one time, you know, that I was incarnated as a cat, then I was incarnated as a tree, and then I was incarnated as a human. Like, this sounds so funny. I'm just hoping everybody is on the same page as me. And I don't sound like a cuckoo, but I'll share a little bit quickly because there's a lot more to this. Um, a little bit of what it was like when I first was incarnating as a human. Actually, this wasn't the first time that I was incarnating as a human. This is the incarnation going into the lifetime that I'm currently in, because that was the most recent. So after a long time of planning, I probably will go back back into the details later on because I've skipped so much, but into the planning, like, okay, so for example, let's start here. Imagining that I'm going to be born in like five minutes. And it's almost like after all that planning, everything's set and done. Everything's, we've been planning this, it feels like for years, like human terms. Like we've been planning this incarnation for years. But on the other side, who really knows of how long that the whole planning took? But for, to make it easier to understand. So say if I'm supposed to be born in five minutes, it's like I'm being put in this like black room and it's like, okay, it's almost time. You, it's almost time. You got five minutes. Okay, so you're gonna be born, and da 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 da, and da 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 da, and it's like this pause, and it's like I got four minutes left until I'm here. I'm just standing in this room, and oh, and they also did tell me that I'm gonna be going through a forgetful veil, and I'm gonna be forgetting everything that we talked about and everything from my past life, and I'm coming in the new new slate. And I was like, okay, so I'm standing in this dark room. I'm like, okay, it's four minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go. And then you start to get nervous. And then you're like, oh my God. Like, it's like, it's like, imagine you're performing, doing a big concert for somebody. You're like ready to get on stage. Like it really felt like that. And I was getting nervous and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. And then it was like two minutes left, one minute left. And at that point, I'm like panicking. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. Is there anything else I need to know? Is there anything else I need to know? Because like there was so much planning and conversations that went into this that I was just like, oh my God, 
I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget because I know I was going to go through a forgetful veil. I don't, don't remember what that was like, but I think it's just kind of like a quick walk through a room and then it's forgotten. I was like, oh my God, what else do I need to know? Um, and I was like, literally like I can hear the people talking to me, but I'm in this black room. That's what it kind of looked like for me. The last advice I remember getting was be strong, just be strong, just be strong. I kept hearing be strong, be strong, be strong. I'm like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Be strong, be strong, be strong. And it's funny because like at that point I was like, what is what does that mean? Like, what does strong mean? They were like, just don't cry. And now also looking back, I'm like questioning some of the things like just don't cry. But you could take that in different ways. But at that moment, I think that that was said to me because I could just quickly be like, oh, that's what you mean. Like, be brave, be strong um, with your emotions. Like, that's kind of how I'm feeling. And it made sense because um, be strong, but because I was planned to lose my mom at a young age and I had to grow up and I had to be strong and I had to be like, I guess more, a little bit, maybe a little bit more independent. That was the last thing I heard and popped out as a baby. But I don't really remember um, being a baby or anything after that. It was mostly, yeah, the before part. Interesting enough, now that I look back on it, when I was a kid, obviously when I was a baby, I'm sure I cried, but like probably toddler to like my whole life almost, like toddler to like 18, like I did not cry. I never cried. And if I did cry, um, I would never cry in front of people. That's what it was. But if I had to, had to cry, like say for, I was rollerblading all the time, falling on my face. Uh, I remember being outside rollerblading and I fell and my, my whole knee is bleeding like crazy. But I get up with a smile on my face and I'm like, ah, that wasn't that bad. Everyone's like freaking out. Are you okay? Oh my gosh, you're bleeding. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Um, I'm just going to go home um, and clean up. And I would literally keep a straight face and I would go walk home. And then as soon as I got home in my room, closed the door, then I started crying. It just like, I would always hide it. And I would hide under my bed, hide in my closet. I would not cry in front of people. And I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Looking back, like I was told, like, just don't cry. Don't cry. And I literally just took that and remembered that, which was interesting. I remembered it like deep down, but I didn't remember it at that time that I was told that before I was born. I didn't remember that part, but it's like my soul knew and remembered. But now, honestly, my um, now I can cry. <laughs> I don't love crying in front of people, and I still feel like a little bit insecure about it. But I won't fight it. I'll just, if it happens, it happens. But it's just such a weird feeling of having that feeling my whole life. But um, but yeah, now now I definitely cry. And it's, I find it's like healthy and natural to, to let it out. But I think it was just the choice of words that I maybe needed to hear at that young, young, young age and at my soul level. But don't take that advice, like <laughs> to not cry. Like I definitely believe crying is good and it's a great release for you, honestly. It's just like you have to get it out of your body. Otherwise, you store emotions in your body if you suppress them and you don't talk about them and you don't release them or if you just tuck them away for later, like they're going to show up or they're going to get bigger and they're going to start to cause pain in your bodies and physical pain. So 
definitely cry. Crying is healthy. Crying is natural. Anything your body needs to do, sneeze, cough, cry, all of that is releasing. So I, I definitely find that's normal during my healing sessions for people to to let let their feelings out. And that's just what your body has to do in that very moment. Okay, I think that's all I'm going to cover for this episode. I hope that, um, yeah, you guys took something from this episode. I have a lot more memories to, to talk about. Uh, I just have to figure out how I want to organize it in episodes to come. If you have rememberings of your memories of your pre-birth planning or past life information, feel free to share it. If you feel comfortable enough that you want to share it, I love hearing these stories. And I figure there's got to be other people that have these memories that come up too. Follow me on Instagram. If you like this episode, click subscribe. If you have a minute, I would so, so appreciate a review as this is a new and upcoming podcast. Appreciate all of your support. And I look forward to creating new episodes in the future. Subscribe to my newsletter on my website, soulconnectionswithmichelle.com. That way you can stay up to date with any offerings, specials, anything that's just kind of coming up that I want to talk about. Can currently book Reiki. I do have availability on my online calendar for in-person or virtual Reiki sessions. I'm also taking on some clients for mediumship also. I have started just offering my one-on-one mentorships starting in June. June is full, but I'm going to be opening it up probably in July or August. And I'll take on another round of mentees. So I look forward to that. And that's more just for if you're kind of like more beginning your spiritual journey. If you want to develop more of your clairs, if you want to learn how to communicate with your loved ones in spirit, if you just need guidance, if you just need someone to support you, learn from. Um, If you feel pulled to that, I'm only going to be taking on about three people for the next round until my schedule allows me to take on more mentees. But yeah, I'm so excited and I always have new stuff going on. Thanks for listening. You guys are amazing. Have a wonderful day. Bye.